Uh, in, uh, in Revelation 3, verse 14, Revelation 3, verse 14, if you could please turn with me one more time. We want to read one, one more verse to kind of add something in perspective. Uh, Revelation 3, verse 14, when you find it, say amen. Amen. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, these things says there, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of, of creation. Now, we all are seventy Adventists, if we know our history, we know that this church, again, we went through this great disappointment in 1844, and from that point forward, again, God raised a movement. And that movement, again, was supposed to highlight the Ten Commandments, and specifically the Fourth Commandment dealing with the, the Sabbath. Now, unbeknown to many of us, though, at the exact same time in October 1844, Charles Darwin presented or began to present his idea on evolution. Now, look at it now. You just read now. In that description that Christ gave to himself, he said he is what? The true witness, the amen, but the beginning of what? Of creation. So God understood ahead of time that creation would be a source of what? Of contention. And thus, he called a special special people to present a message that this world was created not in six billion years, but in six days. Now, I think, can you imagine now, if the world is created in six billion years, why didn't we keep the Sabbath? It would make no sense. Because why would we keep a 24 literal hours when God did not create the world in 24 hour day, six days? Make sense? So creation is very important now. But let's come back to this again later on. So we want to go back to the text that Joseph read for this morning. The Bible said he ran down what? Manna. He gave them what? Bread from from heaven. Now, does anyone know what the word manna means? What is this? A very good, good student. Manna is a question. What is this? It's kind of a little bit of feedback. Thank you. What is this? Now, if you go in uh, Exodus 1, verse 13, it is said this. Uh, the, and the Egyptian, this has come from the, the, the current English version. The Egyptian made them work so hard that their life became miserable and they were cruel to the people of Israel and forced them to make bricks and to make smaller and to work the field very hard. So the Egyptians began to pretty much make the life of the Israelites so difficult that they began to groan and murmur to God to what? To save them. Because God saw his people not in, in distress. He sent Moses, as you know, and Moses got them out. Now, fast forward now, in the wilderness, people begin to what? Murmur again because they were hungry and not having to drink. And God rained down what? Manna from them. And when they came out that morning, they say, oh, what is this? And that's what they ate for 40 years. What is it? The best food, the Bible says, is called it what? Food from heaven. Angel what? Angel bread. Now, if you go with me real quick again in... Um, Numbers 11, Numbers 11, now here's what we're going to consider our message this morning. Numbers 11, verse 5 and 6, when you find it, say amen. 
Okay, Numbers 11, verse 5. I can get mine to work. <laughs> Says this. Uh, and this is now. Okay, what's mine is acting up. One second. Technology sometime. All right, so here we go. Uh, 11, verse 5. And let's go back to verse 4. It says, one day, okay, some foreigners among the Israelites became too greedy for food, and even the Israelites themselves began to what? Mourning. This is my version again. We don't have any what? Any meat. In Egypt, we could eat all the fish we wanted, and there were what? Cucumbers, melons, all kind of onions and garlic. Garlic, don't forget that. <laughs> but we're starving out here, and the only food we have is this manna. The food that was what? This manna. Now, don't, don't leave yet now. Let's go now to Numbers 21, verse 5. Numbers 21, verse 5. When you find it, say Amen. And they complained against God and said to Moses, Did you bring us out of Egypt just to let us what? Die in the desert. There's no water out there, and we hate this miserable bread. We hate what? This miserable bread. God gave them bread from heaven. He ran down manna, gave them what? Angels' food. And all of a sudden now, they say, Now, we hate this what? This miserable bread. The Bible says in John chapter 6 that Christ is the bread of life. He came down now that you and I might have life. And he himself said, now if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will have life in you. But the people said now, all, mm-mm, we hate this light bread. We want to have some what? Cucumbers, some onions, and some what? We ate them for free when we're in Egypt. Now, we just read before, the Egyptians were what? Torturing them. Make their life miserable. And they said, all of a sudden now, they forgot about all the misery. and said, oh, man, we wish we were back in Egypt, man. Woo, things were the good old days. Woo, man, we wish we could go back and enjoy ourselves. Because, hey, all we have day and night is this bread. We are tired of eating this bread. You know what? Let us go back to Egypt. To the land of slavery. Land of misery and torture. Because what? We want to eat garlic. And have garlic breath. Because we hate, well, we hate this light bread. Because now we don't want this anymore. As the church is risen up now to preach the third and truth message about revelation now. The soon coming of Christ. In the Sabbath, we have people rising in the midst of us. You know, hey, we hate this light bread. Let's talk about evolution. Let's talk about now the world being made what? In six billion years. Because if we take out now creation, there's no sin. If there's no sin, no need for a savior. And therefore, your life could be whatever you want it to be because you are God by yourself. So this idea of rejecting this message again comes from Satan himself. But he's so subtle now in kind of getting it now to, into a church now that we don't even realizing it because we say now to people, man, we hate this light bread. We want some real thing, some good stuff from Egypt when we had it for free. And people said now, we want the garlic now. So our message again this morning is to go back in to understand again, what is the true bread? If the true bread that we know is the word of God and Christ is the bread of life, my question for you this morning is now, have you grown tired of eating Christ? 
Are you considering Christ to be like bread? Do you see now the cost that was paid to give you this bread? Someone said in the Bible, there's over 3,000 promises. There's over what? 3,000 promises in the Bible. But the first promise that was given was given in Genesis chapter 3. When Christ said, now I, or God himself, or Christ, because he was God, came standing in the, uh, in the garden. He said, now I will put enmity between you and the, and the woman. And they will crush what? And he will bruise your what? So Christ was promised as what? The ultimate deliverer, the bread from heaven coming down to save you now from what? From the devil himself. And for thousands of years now, the people are expecting Christ to come. And he came to his own. And his own did what? Rejected him. Because they wanted what? Garlic, bread, and onions for free. Now, we laugh at this because we say, man, how crazy could this be? To have bread coming down from heaven that you don't have to work for. All they had to do was to go in and get that bread. And in Jewish philosophy, I don't know how that true that is, but Jewish believe that anyone that tastes manna, it tastes exactly how they wanted it to taste. Can you imagine that? One bread, whatever you like, that's what it tastes right there. But God said, you know, uh-uh, I'm tired of this thing. Bread, manna again? Come on. <laughs> Let's go back to Egypt. Because we had it for free. We had fish. We had the real stuff. But our soul, they said, hate this light bread. Now, we are living in the, in the end time. Do you believe that? Yeah. Okay. If we believe in the end time, now what is our focus should be? Because the Bible said that the, thy word is a lamp unto what? Do you believe that the word of God is supposed to light the way? Now, if only way you could supposed to get this now, you have to eat the bread. So, you see, the people tell to Christ that, you know, a father eats manna in the wilderness. Christ said, yes, but they are dead. Because I am the true bread. If you want to have life, you got to what? Eat me. Now, do you eat Christ every day? Now, none of you would believe me if I said, you know, I have a perfect diet. I know you guys have special health coming up next week. And I'm going to propose a diet to you guys. If you willing to take, you know, brave enough, take the plunge with me. We're going to eat one slice of bread a week. And that's it. Just one slice. How many of you will believe you will survive this after three months? Anybody? Second that? No? Now that's what we do, though. We eat one slice of bread a week. When somebody reads the Bible, say, here's the memory text, we open it. Even during Sabbath school, we don't turn to the Bible anymore. When we do the Sabbath school, if we do Sabbath school... We just read the highlight of these things. And my people are destroyed for what? And we're wondering now, why is the church not growing spiritually? Because now we have a form of godliness, but rejecting what? And where's the power at? The power is in the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy that at the time, we say preach the word. Because the time will come that people will have what? Itching ears. They will not what support sound doctrine. They will make of themselves what? Doctors to teach them what? Fables. What? What's a fable again? What's a fable? A lie. Can you imagine this? It's the same thing that people were lying to themselves saying that, hey, in Egypt things were better. In Egypt we had better food. So you know what? We're tired of this thing. Moses, why did you bring it out here, Moses, when we had it so good in Egypt? Are you crazy? I mean, I mean, seriously, though, you had a good in Egypt? What? 
we do the exact same thing. When the going gets tough, when the enemy is at your track and giving you a hard time because you are trying to grow in Christ, you begin to wonder now, why did I join the church if everything is going bad? And you don't realize now you have to grow. And there's, there's what? Pain sometimes in the birth growth. As you grow through this journey again now, the enemy is going after you because he see you now what? Moving away from me. The Bible said now submit yourself to God. And resist the devil. What would happen? He will flee from you. But you got to first submit yourself. And that's where the challenge comes in. Because we do not want to what? To submit. Ellen White said the reason why we have a challenge with sanctification is because we don't understand the true character of God. Because God is holy. God is what? And is calling you to be what? Also what? There's two themes in the Bible you need to understand. Now, in the Ark of the Covenant, what was in the Ark of the Covenant? The Ten Commitment, the law. The law is a what? A transcript of God's what? Character. And God is holy. But guess what? On top of the Ten Commitment was what? The mercies. Come on now, say it one more time. There was what? The Shekinah, the mercy seat. That mercy had to what? Supersede what? Justice. Ooh, don't miss this now. If mercy wasn't there, you and I would be what? In in trouble. Because see, when the law was broken now, the law said, if you what? Do this, you shall what? Die. The exact same moment you will what? Die. So when Adam and Eve sinned, did they die the same day? People say, well, they began to die. They were, you know, growing. No, no. The Bible said, the day you eat of this, dying, you should what? Dead. But God stepped in. Mercy stepped between the law. And mercy said, you know what? I will pay what? I will pay the price. So that's why when we talk about justice, we can never forget what? Mercy came first. Because woe oh, to be unto you and me if mercy wasn't there first. The mercies of God is calling you now. That's what the Bible says. If you what? Love me. Again, what? Love is the essence. Paul said now in Romans 10 that love is the fulfillment of what? Of the law. See, the only way you could do this thing for God if you love God more than you love sin. And the only way you could love someone is you do what? Spend time with them. Talk to them. Read the word. Read what? Now, how often you should read the word, though? Now, people say, you know what? But, but I know the story already. I, I got this. I've read this so many times. This is, I'm tired of this. Let's do some new stuff. Let's get some new hip stuff. So our church now began to entertaining people now. We're entertaining before. All kind of stuff except what? Except the word. And my people are what? Are dying. And now, the reason why we are struggling is because every single time again, the Bible said now, let us lay aside every weight and run that race. Now, you have never seen somebody running a race with two suitcases in their hand, right? Why not? Now, it's not going to make it, right? So you and I, we are bound now with what? Weight of life. The burden of stress of trying to make it in this world and we're so bogged down and tired. By the time we get home, we have no more time for God. We just lay down and what? And go straight to sleep. And we make that quick prayer now. Say, Lord, forgive me. And that's it, right? But yet we're not growing spiritually again. Because we are tired of what? Reading the Bible. Studying the word of God. And you see, <laughs> if you go back again in what we just read uh, earlier about Revelation four, uh, four, uh, uh, 3 verse 14... He said, the Laodicean church is the last church. There's no eighth church, 
right? That's the last one. And it's called the just people. That's what, that's what the, the name Laodicea means, the judging of people, the just people. Of all the seven churches, this is the only church God had nothing good to say about. Now, there were seven churches, yes? Of the seven, there were two churches God said nothing bad about. It was Smyrna and Philadelphia. The other one, God said, well, you did something good and something bad. With Laodicea, God stood out, what? You got nothing good. You said you were what? Hot. You know, I wish you were hot or what? Or cold. But you were what? What does lukewarm mean, though? You are at ease. You are comfortable. Everything looks good because you think you are. You are rich. You have what? And you what? Need of nothing. Don't we see the exact same thing about ourselves, though? We have rejected now the spirit of prophecy. We don't read the Bible anymore, but yet we are rich, though. We got this. Do you know when we talk about the health message again, people in the world are embracing this thing more than we are embracing it. And they're making a ton of money. Not that we need the money, okay? But they're making a ton of money out of wishing what we're supposed to be doing. Why? Because we are rejecting these things. And we wonder, why is the church dying? Because, again, we are rejecting the what? The word of God. And my people are what? Are destroyed. We are tired of eating this, we said. We want some old garlic bread from, from Egypt. And God is calling his people again for a special message. This is high time, Paul said, that we should what? Awake from what? From our sleep. Because our salvation is drawing what? Let me ask you a question. We are living in that. This is what? Today is March what? Now, every day that is past, every day that is past, is one the closer for us to get what? To Christ's soon return. It's one less day you have to what? To prepare. And that's what the Bible says today, 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 not tomorrow, today. If you hear his voice, do what? Harden not your heart. Why today? Why today? Because, see, when God calls you, God knows when is the best time to call you. Don't you believe that? So when you reject the calling now, you get weaker the next time and weaker the, the next time. And the more you get weaker now, the less you are to what? prone to hear the voice of what? The prompting of the Holy Spirit. And that's why, again, the church is lacking in power again. Do you realize during Paul's time, 30 years after Christ had gone up to heaven, Paul could say that the gospel has been preached unto everyone under heaven. It's almost sound like, what? Are you serious, Paul? There was no fax machine, no car, no plane. But Paul could say walking and taking, you know, the boat. He had preached the gospel to everyone. Now look at us now. We cannot even say Tallahassee know about the message. And why is it lacking, do you think? Because we're preaching a gospel without power. Don't miss this now. We're preaching what? A gospel without what? See, if you've been to Walmart, anybody been to Walmart recently? I know, I shop at Walmart a lot of time. <laughs> Here's the point, though. Tories R.S. is closing out. You know that, right? Not that it's that important, but the point of the message is this, though. Why are they closing, do you think? Competition. Walmart, Amazon, right? They're losing what? They're losing their groove. My message, see, the thing about you and I, though, if you have something good to tell people, people will want to what? But you only could tell people something good because if you have experienced what? The power yourself. That's what God said. Come and taste and see that what? I cannot tell you that God is good if I don't what? If I don't taste God. See, the only way I can taste God is to what? Going back to the word. 
But supposed to say, preach the word. What? In season and out of, we are in out of season time, people. We are in out of season time. People do not want to hear the word of God. See, in postmodern, we are postmodern now. In postmodern now, people believe that, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Your truth is your truth. My truth is, is my truth. You believe this? Well, that's all right. There's no one way to heaven. But Christ said, I am the, the, now this is all definite article. Meaning what? The only way, the only truth. And now we're saying now, oh, you know what? It's, it's irrelevant. Because we're compromising again. We're compromising because we do not want to be what? Stick out as a sore tongue. Again, have you tasted God yet? Because if you taste God, you can help yourself. See, that woman at the well now, she met Christ. And she's, you know, doing her stuff. And Christ said, can I get some water, please? You know, she said, hey, wait a minute. You're a Jew. You're asking me for water. Long story short, Christ said, if you knew who I am. Hmm, come on now. If you what? Here's the question. Do you know who Christ is? Now, not about Christ. Not what you have heard someone said about Christ. Do you know Christ for yourself? See, Christ asked the disciple, who do men say that I am? Say, well, you say John the Baptist, you Jeremiah. Christ say, who do you say that I am? Do you know who Christ is? See, a lot of us now, we are so busy making it, and we're losing what? The most important thing, which is what? Eternal what? We have relegated our eternity to somebody else, to the pastor, to the first elder to do it for you. Somebody else cannot save you. It is individually done. You gotta make sure what? Work out your salvation with what? With fear and what? In trembling. So the woman began to talk to Christ. Christ said, If you knew who I am, you would have asked of me. Do you know who Christ is? This is the time to know Christ because there's a time that is coming, the Bible said. A great time of trouble. Jeremiah is calling now Jacob's trouble. And he said now in Jeremiah 31, he said, Go find out to see if a man is in labor. If you what? A man is what? <laughs> now, I always kind of puzzle whenever I read that the first time. Why, why would you say a man in labor? Because men are so afraid of pain. <laughs> men are so afraid. Men can handle pain that if a man is in labor, it must be really what? Really bad. Okay? That's what's coming upon us people. Now, take a look at the world right now. And thank God we're all shielded again by a lot of things that is happening outside of this country. But for how long? We don't know. But God is telling us now is the time for you to awake from your sleep. Now is the time to build on a foundation that is what? Sure. And that foundation is what? It's the word of God. Now, to finish, let me kind of give you a point real quick. We have the Bible today. But do you know how many people died to give you the Bible? An estimation said about 50 million people were killed during the dark ages. 50 what? million were killed to give you what? What you are holding now dear and put it on the side every day. Don't even read it anymore because you don't need it anymore because you got everything in your mind. People die to give this Bible to you because they believe that that's what the word of God for freedom. Christ said now, he that has a son has what? Have life. And he that the son set free is what? Because Christ came to do what? To take away. His name shall be Jesus because he will what? Save his people from, from, that's what the purpose of Christ's coming was. But yet we are thinking that Christ came not, not to eradicate sin, but to tell us to slow down in sinning. Go now, go easy on sinning. You should do 10, do nine now. Okay, it's all right because I know you're you, you know, you weak. Is that what the Bible said though? Go and sin what? 
no more. So how's that possible again? Because the Bible said now he will come in and he will give you what? The promises now. And that promise is found. Now let's go read now. Read um, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4 to finish. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4. When you find it, say amen. Okay, here's what, what the new, the current English said to We have everything we need to live a life that pleases what? God. It was all given to us by God's own what? Power. When we learn, we had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. God made great and marvelous promises, so his nature will become what? Part of us. Like, again, this is a, a little bit current version. Then we could escape all evil desire and the corrupt influences of what? Of this world. God power, God promises, and being able to partake in God's what? In God's nature. Verse, verse 4 said, uh, Then you will what? Will it be able to God <clears throat> divine nature. So the divine nature of God it's something that we don't have within ourselves. Do you believe that? Yes, we don't have divine nature. We are human. We are sinful and carnal, Paul said. But when we accept Christ, no, a transformation happened. Christ began to make you like himself and transform you like himself. So therefore now you have no more excuse now for what? For sinning. In Jude 24, he said, unto him who is trying to keep you from falling. What is he saying? Who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. Wait a minute, are you faultless? How is that possible? That's a, that's a contradiction. How can God show me faultless when I have what? Plenty of fault. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. She's right there in the corner. <laughs> She'll tell you. <laughs> Here's the point, though. See, what God is about to do is to give you a heart transplant. Give you what? A heart transplant. If anybody knows about transplant, when someone takes a transplant, what happened? They have to be what? In medication for what? For the rest of their? Why? Because the body sees that organ as what? An enemy. And they begin to fight against it. So when you're born again, the old men see the new man as an enemy. They begin to what? War against it. That's why Paul said, put to death the old man. What? How often? Daily. Paul said, either what? So whoever takes a transplant has to be in medication or what? Every single day of their Guess what our medication is now? The word. Preach the word. Read the word. Feast on the word. That's the only way now you will not reject that organ now, that new heart. And if Christ is in you, Christ is the hope of what? Of glory. Christ is the one that transforms you. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees who? And Christ is faultless. And therefore, you are what? You are faultless. My brothers and sisters, this morning, we have to make commitment now to ourselves. A commitment to God that today we will go back to the Bible. We will say, Lord, give me the strength to make time to read the Bible. Let's put Netflix out for a second. You know, let's get some stuff out done because we have so much. Think about it now. We have the Bible in our car, in our phone. I mean, you have so you are saturated with the Bible. I mean, no excuses. If you don't want to read it, you could listen to it. I mean, in driving, you could listen to it. In the traffic, yeah, you put the Bible. And let the word get into your mind. 
and as you behold, you'll be what? Transformed and changed into what? Into the likeness of God who has called you to be what? His son. Are you sons of God today? Or do you want to go back to Egypt? Oh, God forbid now. Let us stand and pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, we are come before you this morning confessing our sin and acknowledging, Father, we are weak and unable to gain victory on our own, Father. But we know you promised that you can give us uh, a chance to partake in your divine nature, Lord. And we know with you all things are possible. We're asking you this morning for to give us a love for your word again, Lord, to understand that these words, Father, were priceless, that you gave us these words because out of these words, Lord, you created everything. Father, one more time, create in us a pure, a pure heart and renew on, in us, Father, in a clean mind that we will be able to stand for you when the time of trouble is coming. And help us, Father, to share the word with other people in the world who doesn't know you yet. And bless this church this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.